this series, we'll be lifting the lid on IMG Arena. We'll be sharing who IMG Arena are, what they're doing, and what they've got planned for the future. This series will be hosted by me, Stephanie Williams. And on each episode, I'll be speaking to different people from all around the business, all around the globe, sharing what they're up to. This series aims to highlight what the business is doing. We'll discuss the challenges and fun we're having whilst building the company, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello and welcome to episode five of the IMG Arena podcast series. And once again, I'm your host, Stephanie Williams. This week, we'll be taking a little hop, skip and a jump over to Sweden. And I'll be talking to our team based over there in Linköping, Sweden. Linköping is a good way to pronounce it. If you want to do the you know, proper accent locally, it's Linköping. Linköping. Oh, that's good. And we'll be discussing all things Signality. We will also hear who Signality are, how they started, and how they got involved in IMG Arena and discuss just how bright the future is. So let's introduce our guests. First of all, we have Mikhail Rusen, who is Head of Technology, Computer Vision. Hi, Steph. We're looking forward to uh, having this discussion with you today. And we also have Michael Hogland, who works as a Product Director, Computer Vision as well. Hi, Steph. Nice to be able to talk about things dear to our heart here. Welcome to you both, and thank you for joining me today all the way from Sweden. It's been a long time in the making, but thank you for joining us. So as usual, we'll start the podcast with a few icebreaker questions to get everyone nice and warmed up for the start of the podcast. So Michael, what is the one thing you're watching on Netflix right now? Well, it's actually nothing because I kind of cancelled all my streaming subscriptions the other day and saved about 200 pounds. So I think that was a good action. Then I don't know what to stream anymore. What? How do they do before? Do you read books or what's the... So I need to get up to date with the old school way of entertainment. I just reread Harry Potter over and over again. That's the only book I've read in the last 10 years, I think. <laughs> and Mikhail, what superpower would you choose if you had to? I would like to have like many superpowers, but one I would like the most is probably like being super fast, uh, like, like Flash. Because I, I really want yeah, to do lots of things every day, but there's not enough time, basically. Uh, so, yeah. I think they're the opposite. The days drag for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the superpower could be like not not needing to sleep. I don't know which Marvel character or DC Comics character that has that, that opportunity. That's a different way of looking at it. So I think I, I share that with Rika as well. Yeah, well, I like sleeping too. <laughs> and then one more question to both of you now is, if you weren't working with Signality, what would you be doing? No, if I didn't start Signality, I would probably be starting something else. I think that's been a passion of mine since kind of the early dot-com days. Like in, I think I had my first business idea for a startup like in 1999, I think. So I think it's always been in the back of my mind. So it took me, you know, almost 20 years to get to that point of starting a company. So if this hadn't been signality, probably another type of company. But sports has always been a passion. And it was kind of a pretty no-brainer for me, like to just, you know, do something with sports. Quite similar for me. I, I would have started another company, basically. And I think for me, the, the main motivation is to uh, see if I am uh, actually able to to build something from scratch, not just join some existing uh, projects and some existing companies, but it's more like a personal <laughs> test. I mean, what I'm hearing is that you're basically both living your dream because you wouldn't even do anything if you could. So thank you for indulging me with those questions. I think we can jump straight back into the main body of the podcast. 
and I'd like to have a deep dive about the history of signality. But let's first go way back, way back, right to the start. How did you two meet? Tell us the love story. Before we met, there was actually what was kind of started as signality, started as something completely different. And this was at a time like six years ago or even seven years ago when kind of cloud computing was the big thing, like autonomous vehicles, machine learning, computer vision, all this deep learning that was kind of the the big talks around the globe. And at the time I was really interested in, or still interested in American football. And I had this kind of side project at home, you know, working and then side projects and having three kids that was smart to like, do, let's do more. I would like to have that superpower Michael just mentioned. And then in that project, we're working at like what's called in American football, a playbook, how you draw the place, how people should run and what they should do. And what I learned during that process is that coaches after the game sit down and what they call is tag all the plays. So for an American football game, it's essentially 150 to 200 plays. So the coaches spend maybe a day or two afterwards just sitting, watching the video, annotating what's happening. This player does this X, Y, and Z. And to me, I was like, this feels really stupid, like spending so much time on kind of this just manual data collection. And at the same time, we had this kind of evolution or revolution with computer vision, deep learning, autonomous. So I was like, why can't you do this automatically just by using computer vision? You know, not being an engineer, this was really my mindset. And I think it was like, I didn't really see how hard it could be, but I was like, can you use the same technology for self-driving cars for sports? That would be pretty cool. And then that kind of spun out into me starting, you know, not Googling, but actually LinkedIn and searching for people, computer vision, lean shopping, like who is this? And then Michael appeared on that kind of search screen. And I wrote to him like, hey, well, I have this idea about sports. And I wrote everything in Swedish. And then he replied, hey, uh, I don't speak Swedish uh, in English. And then, yeah, it started there. And then we had our, our first so our first date was actually uh, like a lunch in, in a nice park in the summer. That's like six years ago, it's maybe to the date, uh, essentially. Uh, that's that's when it started. And then we started kicking the ball down the road after that. I think when you first uh, we first met, I was actually quite surprised that uh, all of this was done manually in sports. Uh, so I, I come with this kind of like uh, computer vision background and working in very different domains. And uh, I thought Spot would be a typical application where this could be automated because it's kind of well constrained. You, know, the, you have very specific rules in a game and you have a lot of uh, knowledge about what can happen. So I was very surprised that all of this data was still uh, collected manually. So I thought, yeah, that can be done automatically. So I thought it would be a good idea basically to, uh, to start uh, looking at this. So you two had your first lunch in a lovely park in France or Sweden, one of the two. And then what happened after that? How did the idea of signality come along? I think that was Michael's idea, actually. So me having had side projects before, like trying to do everything, you know, without really enough resources. So Michael had a good idea to like, well, we should set a timeline. So if we haven't received any funding before this timeline, we should shut it down instead of trying to, to kind of do it with, you know, not enough time and resources, we need to kind of start on that path. So I think that was really good. And then I could use some of my connections I already had, you know, being part of a, like this local 
you know, IT sector is not super big here. So you probably know all the people already. So we started talking to local kind of angel investors, one institutional that was really engaged and uh, liked what we were doing. They could see the vision of this. So then Michael spent a number of weeks to building and the first proof of concept for American football. So this was our original plan. We're going to solve this for American football because that's what, what we knew about. And then, you know, they were super impressed that he actually he delivered that pretty fast, uh, like a proof of concept from broadcast video. And then, you know, the ball started rolling even more. We got some initial small funding and that opened doors to other investors and angel investors. And then, well, then we took the plunge, like maybe in January of like resigning from existing work. And then like, yeah, so it's... Uh, that famous snowball started rolling from there. I probably missed a lot of things in this. Maybe, Mikael, you can give your... <laughs> we didn't really want to have this as a side project. So we uh, we agreed on some kind of um, like deadline. So if by this time we can get a funding, then yeah, we will quit our job, basically. Uh, but if we don't get funding, then yeah, we just uh, yeah, stop this, this project. And uh, But yeah, we managed to... Uh, uh, to show some yeah, like this proof of concept and also convince uh, under investors and uh, and also this institutional investor to invest. And so, when did you hire your first employee outside of UT? That was um, a few months later. So, so we started the company like around January of twenty seventeen, I think. And the first hires were in uh, in September of that year. So about six months after. That was been quite a fun, like, just a lovely feeling. Just, we've got a company now. I've got an employee. Like, we're actually doing this. Like, how was that for you lot? Yeah, I think it's really exciting that, you, you know, you can start really building, uh, like, real stuff with having more people and uh, and start thinking about really what product to sell to customers. So I think it becomes more real. At the same time, it becomes also, you you, you start having uh, more engagements uh, with people. So, so there's more, like, responsibilities. It's not just about our employment so so there's more a little bit more pressure in a way when you start having employees it's like a validation in some regard like you or you found investors that believe in what you want to solve technically that's like oh one checkpoint then you need to convince the market or like see how can this be employed in the market so with hindsight i think you know it's uh you know this was like michael said he thought this was already existing on the market list this is how it should be done that was our kind of mindset, which I think you need to have that kind of naive mindset as well as an entrepreneur. You need to change something that's not on the market today, but that comes with a lot of challenges. So I think it's like, first, like, well, wow, we got some funding, cool. Then now we need to also deliver. And then you're like, oh, I need to figure this out and you know, talk to this person and kind of, and especially doing something that's really deep tech that we do, that's quite super advanced. It's hard to solve the actual hard problem. But then also it's a hard problem to convince people that have never used anything like this, that this is the better way of doing it than I'm using today. So I think it's like, yeah, cool, we'll solve it. I think we've all had that mindset, but now forward, what's the next thing we need to solve? It's always been this progressively, you know, doing more stuff and doing it better. And then, you know, it's really rarely we kind of look back and like, and just pat ourselves on the back. Well done and now it's done. So I think it's always, I think this is a good opportunity to actually think, like, oh, you know, only... Five years ago, we didn't have anything. And now we have something that's really up and running and really used as well. So that's pretty cool. I was going to ask, like, do you look back on those early days with like 
shivers like it was hard or do you look back on those early days with smiles and actually you really enjoyed the beginnings of a company and building the company from scratch and you are able now to look back on it and give yourself the kudos of what you've achieved i think the early days were actually quite fun and I don't think they were quite that, that hard. It, it became harder later on, but I think the first like one, two years were actually the most fun part of the adventure. Have you got any anecdotes of those early days? Yeah, we have the, the LinkedIn thing when we had our first kind of live test. And <laughs> so we recorded this, while we're doing this, we did a test game for a league and it was working. And one of the reactions from one of our employees that was watching it well, and then we recorded it, he was like, oh, it's actually working. It's like, <laughs> it's funny. And then we published that on LinkedIn and we got this video, we got, you know, 150,000 views on that video. So that was a pretty cool anecdote, really. I think that's what I remember at least. <laughs> um, so I'm actually not too sure I even know this, and I've been at IMG for far too long. But how did you initially meet IMG Arena? Like who approached who? And how did that love story start? There's two love stories here I think we're talking about. <laughs> At least. You know, you need to ask Brad Van Veely about this. But to my recollection, I'm trying to sort out my emails. So I haven't really found kind of the original. But I think he kind of reached out to us. He has, had heard about us potentially. And like, hey, hey, what are you guys doing? This computer vision thing is interesting. Do you want to talk more about it? So that's my, my view, at least. Uh, Maybe he has an email that backs up that I kind of because re I reach out to a lot of people as well as a startup. You need to kind of be out there and like annoy people all the time. So I think the love story, at least from our perspective, started Brad, you know, you know, in being in what we do, did me and Mikael traveled to Chiswick, had a meeting with Brad and Freddie as well. At that point in time, Arena was like a startup as well. So I think it was 30 people or something like that. So it was quite nascent going on there. And we talked a lot about tennis. And that was really a core focus there. And we did, we discussed kind of potential ideas and back and forth. So, and uh, yeah, but you need to double check with Brad. So I'm not saying stuff that's not accurate. And had you heard of IMG Arena before he approached you, if that is what happened? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we knew about all the, the main players uh, in, in this in this field. And what were those early discussions on? They were just on tennis and what you can do with config division in, in tennis or is it other sports as well? In the, the very first meeting, actually, we, we showed what we were doing in, in football, uh, like with player and ball tracking. And after, I think the discussion went into tennis. So can you do the same for tennis and what kind of like experience could be powered by this uh, by this technology? I think we showed like a ping pong match center, like, you know, a pong, that old game with this ball going back and forth. So we kind of showed that kind of more of a, but like more stick figures playing that back and forth. So like, how could it be a complementary piece to the broadcast or the streaming service? So that was quite interesting. And then we only looked at broadcast video at that point in time, but it was pretty cool. And I think then we have had like a lot of conversations throughout the years going back and forth we have been you know there was this innovation thing we've always been feeling there's been a really good connection and the same vision about what computer vision can do for products in media in betting and streaming services so i think we've been really aligned there so i think that's been really fun to do and it kind of it culminated in a year and a half ago in a project that we kind of show when we used our patented technology for mapping data onto a broadcast and like a proof of concept or demo thing. So it was quite fun to actually, you know, work 
concretely on a project together with Arena. I think that was good. And it also confirmed essentially our thinking that we're a good cultural fit. Like if you can do a project together and not start killing each other, I think that's a good kind of starting point. I think that's an excellent starting yeah. point. Um, so I mean, that must have been the Kickstarter for the acquisition. So in May, uh, we announced the strategic partnership between IMG Arena and Signality. Even for me, I think it did seem like quite a long time coming. I'm not sure that's the same for you. But like, how excited were you to finally be able to get the deal signed and to tell the world about the partnership between the two companies? On all those kind of um, investment processes, they take a long time. Uh, so <laughs> obviously, uh, we were quite happy to really uh, finalize the agreement and, uh, and really start thinking about, about the future and about what we can really build together. And I think that yeah, quite fast after we've signed the deal, it was yeah, really about working on a kind of roadmap and then uh, really starting building more, um, like improving the technology and extending what we have built so far. Yeah, because we've been really excited and we feel this is a really good fit because it really goes hand to hand. We feel we have a battle tested technology that really works for soccer. We've always had a vision like taking what we do in one sport extending that to more sports, but having the same foundational piece, like we're tracking a player in, in soccer, well, that's tracking a, a human, right? So it's if it's a human, it doesn't matter if it has a baseball cap or other or soccer shoes, if it's still a human to, to track visually with your eyes. And I think that's the thinking with our platform, it can do more and more sports. And that's uh, what we're super excited about to do with together with Arena in the roadmap. So, I mean, what is the next key project for IMG Arena and Signality together, if you can say? What's the next big thing? So it's going into new new sports, but it's also like uh, being able to to provide like more complete, uh, like a more complete data set, like really having like a, a full reconstruction, basically, of, of the scene uh, in a game. So really have like 3D uh, player information, like... So not just like the position, it's not just the tracking data, but go to a more complete geometric reconstruction of the of the game. You've yeah. now lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I know maybe Michael can explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, if I can actually, but it's uh, essentially, let's say you're watching a game on the telly, right? Uh, you're watching a, a broadcast, then you're they're filming the game. You get a good feel for that. You can take that and reconstruct it entirely based on the data we extract. So we can essentially show the same game in a different format, a different visualization than the broadcast. So let's say you want to have stick figures playing the game. Our data can power those stick figures. They're running around. Do you have a video game that you like, Steph, that you like to play or have played? Goldeneye? Okay. Super Mario Brothers, like, you know, Great, take it. Mario and Luigi, Let, let's, we can take those characters and the data we have, we take that data and we put them into the body of those characters and they can run around in the field. They are reenacting the same thing that's happening live, but powering by our data, Mario and Luigi can score the goal. He's not scoring the goal, but the representation of him, it looks like Mario, but the data is being powered from the real event. And that's the 3D reconstruction. So it's like really extracting the data, reconstructing it in a different way of looking. So that's roundabout long way of trying to explain 
I think that's um, pretty impressive. I think I actually understood that. So thank you. Okay, cool. That's yeah, uh, checkbox. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're now like three months into the partnership, the official partnership, and now you're fully immersed into the Endeavor network. Like, what are the benefits that you've seen from being part of the Endeavor family? I think there are like actually like many many benefits, and uh, I think really. I think the first benefit is more on the tasks that we have been doing that are not really our expertise or like all the administrative side. So to really have people with uh, take over some of this, I think it's uh, a big relief <laughs> in this case. But then there are other sides, and I think a big one is on the commercial side with uh, all the relationships uh, AMG Arena has with the leagues that will help us a lot, really basically deploy our, our technology. I think one kind of word that comes to mind is like really focus. I think now before we were quite small and we were, we had a lot of hats. Everyone was doing a lot of different things. Now I think we can focus and to be able to execute even better. You know, you don't have to do this and this and whatever. You can really focus on your role and having a more ownership of not only that, but as really can be able to focus and deliver even better than what we've done previously. So I think we're quite excited that we have, with those kind of bare minimum resources, so to speak, previously been able to deliver. Now we're super excited about what we can do with being able to have more resources, more more focused areas of, of delivery. Normally we end the podcast with my favorite ridiculous questions, but this game was just too good an opportunity to pass up. Some people might say it's because I was just in a Hindu and they would be correct, but let's see if it's just as good. So how this works, in case anyone doesn't know, I'm going to ask Michael and Mikhail a series of questions and they've got to answer who they think the answer is out of the two of them. So first question first, who is funnier? Michael, yes. Uh, Eddie Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the better cook? Uh, Mikhail, he's French. I'm French, yeah. I'm supposed to be, but that's not true. (laughs) What words would you use to describe each other? So, Michael, what words would you use to describe Mikhail? Smart, driven, rational, and logical, I would say. Great words to have for your business partner. <laughs> Let's see what he says now. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, talkative, I could say impulsive sometimes. Uh, he does things like reaching out to people, like uh, when you talk about something with him, and like the next second he has already sent emails to everybody. It's like, he's really, really uh, reactive, let's say. I think I know the answer to this question already, but who is the most talkative? Yeah, I think that's Me? an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll play the fifth. There's nothing wrong with being talkative. I'm talkative. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I've been laden with this podcast. <laughs> and then who gets the last word? I think we have a really good fit in that way. I think we both are quite pragmatic and rational. So we don't need to have the last word. Like we need to, I think we have both have the mindset of, let's do what's you know best right and like figuring out that solution in a good way so i think it's really a back and forth i would say but Mikael, you can correct me if i'm wrong here yeah i mean i think also we, we come from like different backgrounds so we have different expertise and we uh trust the other party to in, in some cases to to make decisions and uh or it's not really having the last word, it's more like uh, trusting the other person for some uh, on some topics. And what is the one thing you're looking forward to most with the partnership between IMG Arena and Signality? Yeah, I would say like all, all the opportunities that we see as kind of a really driving point for us, like getting help on, you know, the commercial side, go to market and like 
I mean, we, at least me, I see a lot of opportunities kind of everywhere with IMG Arena. I think opening that door to those, I think that's super exciting to see. Because we've had this really strong vision of like, this is how the sports should be consumed or like the fan engagement. We have those really, and now we feel like we have a partner or like being part of a family that shares that vision. But you guys have kind of the muscle, so to speak, to kind of do that as well. Like as a small startup, you like you have the vision, but then you don't have the the sway or whatever kind of to go to the market. And like, well, let's do this, and like, but now we feel like we have you know being part of that kind of, yeah. and that would be awesome. I mean, it's, it's really like really accomplish this original vision we had when we started, and also deploy uh, those kind of data product uh, globally and then the top top leagues. And the final question today is when the next coming back over to London. 5th to 7th of September. So it's not going to be only me. It's going to be, uh, we have a new product manager for the API, like the data API. And then uh, two delivery managers who come over and our HR responsible as well. So it's uh, I like a this. Yeah, like, are you inviting us to a party? That's we're, well, we're, I'm not we're there. Here. I'm not here that week. That's the one week in September. I'm what? not actually in London. No, we need to replan this. You do. You do. Cancel your flights, <laughs> change everything. Come the week after. Uh, thank you for that I know you better already and I now know who is much more talkative and the two of you so that's a wrap on episode 5 thank you very much Michael and Michael for joining us today on the podcast all the way from Sweden I've already forgotten how to say it but I'm going to say Linkping instead and I really enjoyed learning about all things Signality and talking to the both of you it really was a treat because I really didn't know as much as I thought I did about Signality Thank you, Steph. I really enjoyed uh, this discussion uh, with you today and I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you again in, uh, in London. Thanks, Steph. I really enjoyed talking about what's dear to our heart, as you probably can see. I mean, the talkative one. Uh, so looking forward to meeting you when, you're in, when I'm in London next time and you're also there at the same time. Yes, very much looking forward to seeing you both in London the next time we're both here. And don't forget, you can like and subscribe to the podcast now, wherever you get your podcasts from. And that's it. See you next episode.